Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. Before we start, I'd like to take just a moment and pray. Father, it's my prayer today that as we open your word, that our hearts open, and that your spirit speaks to us where we're at, that he might guide us down a path that you would want us to go to change our thoughts, to change our way of life, to change our hope of eternity. We just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were to enter a church in the 1950s, 60s, or 70s, it wasn't unusual to look on a wall over to the side, and there were the names of the men from that congregation or that community that served in the armed forces. One day, a grandpa brought his little grandson to church with him, and the grandson and grandpa were sitting around. And finally, the little grandson looked over on the wall and saw those plaques. And he says, Grandpa, what do those plaques mean? And he says, well, those are the names of the men who died in service. And the little boy looked up at him and said, in the contemporary or the traditional. You see, everywhere around us, there are memorials. Our world is lined with reminders about things from the past. What a humbling experience it is to visit Arlington National Cemetery and to see those hundreds of thousands of white crosses representing men and women who have put their life on the line for our country. Or go to a place like Gettysburg and take the tour and as you go around there will be a General's sitting on his horse on a giant memorial. And you can read the plaque and hear the story about what happened there. You see, remembering is important. Because unless someone is remembered who has passed, within 90 years they will be forgotten by their family and those who knew them even at a distance. You know, all of us have gone through family photos and looked down and said, I wonder who that person is. Today, as we celebrate Memorial Day, it's a time to remember the past and those that fought for our freedom and those who have had tremendous influence on our lives. But it's important for us to realize that there are stories of remembrance that make a difference in your life and in mine. Today we're going to look at Joshua, but the story takes place 40 years after the first generation had an opportunity to enter the promised land. Ten spies came back and things said things were bad, and two said that things were good, and for 40 years they wandered around the wilderness until that whole generation died off, except Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. And the passage we read from today is that time when they have an opportunity once again to enter the promised land, that land of milk and honey, that land that when they were slaves in Egypt, they were promised. Our story today takes place after the priest led the people to cross the Jordan River, and as the priest
And as the priest entered the water, carrying, and I'm, dra- I'm dragging my mind here. Oh, yeah, the Ark of the... Okay. Yep, as the priest entered the water of Jordan, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the water stopped flowing. And the whole nation of Israel passed into the promised land on dry ground. That's where we take up today from Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down as a place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of Jordan at the spot where the priest who had carried the Ark of the Covenant, and they are there to this day. In almost every, we're forgot I printed on both sides. <laughs> You're good. God realizes we often forget what He has done for us. Just look at that previous generation. They were in slavery in Egypt. They saw the plagues. They crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, and just a few months into their journey, they had forgotten what God had done for them. The meaning of the word memorial in Hebrew literally means remember. Given man's nature to forget, God knows that we need to be reminded to remember the good things that He has done in our life. Today, you and I are going to talk about some of the stones in our lives that remind us of God's work in the past, today, and what He plans for us in our future. So today as we take up our stones, we put them on our shoulder and we begin to build that memorial. Let's look at where we were or where we've been. In Psalm 44, we have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. With your hands you drove out nations and planted our ancestors. You crushed the peoples and made our ancestors flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. That psalm is just one of those reminders in scriptures 
that the Israelites and the Jewish people look back to remind each other of what God has done. You know, there's almost something in everyone's house to remind us of where we've been. It could be a glass from a tourist trap, a stuffed animal, a postcard. Growing up in my grandmother Graylis's house, it was a satin pillow that had the Smoky Mountains on it. It sat on her couch ever since I could remember, all of those days, because it was a monumental time in her life when my parents, who were just young at the time, loaded Grandma and Grandpa Graylis up in an old Chevy car and took the trip to the Smoky Mountains. Not like today, it probably took them over two days each way just to drive there. And that pillow on her couch was a constant reminder of the good time that she had with my parents. You know, as Christians, all of us have stones of remembrance in our heart that we can go back to to give us a foundation to move forward, to reestablish our faith, reconfirm what God has done in our life. For me, it's a trip back to Camp Eliana in 1965 when I walked down and gave my life to Christ and was baptized in the lake. Or a few years later when I sat in a revival meeting with a guy named Russ Martin preaching and couldn't wait for him to quiet down and get to decision time so I could walk forward and say, I want to give my heart and my life and my influence to the ministry of Christ. Those are moments that I go back to to remind myself of what God has done in the past for me. Now, many of us, when we think about the past, we think of disappointment or poor choices or disobedience or failures. Kind of sounds like the Israelites, doesn't it? You may be still there at that moment. That's why you're tuning into our broadcast or why you're here to hear the message this morning. Your past continues to haunt you. But let me reassure you of one thing. God will meet you where you're at and guide you where you need to go. Give you that stability and that strength that you need in your life to begin to move forward. You know, that solid ground, that transformation that God can give each of us to overcome our past, that's a reminder to all of us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That even though our sins were like scarlet, they're made white as snow. We can go back to those moments in our life and be reassured. There are times when all of us have felt that special aha presence of God. And looking into our past, we can go back, stand on that moment and the presence of God there. And remember We are His children, and He is our God. Kind of like the writer in the book of Psalms says, He lifted me out of a slimy pit of mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. As we look back into our spiritual past, that's what we're talking about. A firm place to stand, to begin over again or be reassured in our spiritual life. The second stone is where we're at today. You know, there are times that we 
wander about the world kind of aimlessly. But we like know that there are markers in the world that tell us how a trip is going. I've been watching a local young lady named Sophie Lorman. <laughs> I've been watching a yokel, a yokel lady. <laughs> I've been watching a local young lady named Sophie Lorman. Her parents own the bistro on Facebook. She is hiking the Appalachian Trail, and every few days she lets us know where she's at and how her journey is progressing. Kind of like being on a highway. When you go out here and you get on I-70 at exit 23, you know that when you get to Plainfield, it's exit 66. Kind of somewhere to mark your progress. And that's how all of us need to be with our walk with Christ, with our Christian life. We must continually evaluate our progress. One of the fun things in ministry over the years, I've had the opportunity to be in literally probably thousands of homes. And every once in a while, you'll be in somebody's house and right by the back door, maybe even at a grandma and grandpa's house, you'll look and on the door frame, there are marks with dates and names. Where grandma and grandpa or mom and dad keep the growth progress of their kids written down for all to see. Some years there was a little growth and some years... They just shot up. That's what God desires in our life. There's times where growth is slow, but times where there is progress made, and we need to keep track of those things. We often have to ask ourselves when we talk about our spiritual progress, we ask ourselves some tough questions. Am I stopped at the rest park? For some rest and renewal and refreshment? Is my spiritual life in neutral, which is a dangerous position where you can either go forward or you can go backward? Hopefully you're not in reverse. I'm losing ground in my spiritual journey. Maybe you haven't left the church, but you're getting beginning to roll backward in your spiritual life and those things that were once important to your heart and to your life spiritually are slowly disappearing into the distance. How do I move ahead? That may be a question that you ask yourself. How do I get out of neutral? How do I get out of reverse? How do I maintain growth in my spiritual life? It takes work. It takes commitment. You say, what kind of commitment? Commitment to minister in the name of Jesus Christ, to make a commitment to give your faith and your hope and your love to someone else. It takes a commitment to open His Word and to be encouraged by His Word. It takes a commitment to get involved. You see, faith is not a word without action. James tells us faith without works is dead. And part of our spiritual growth is making progress, moving forward. And that's why I want to encourage you today. If you look where you're at today, what mile marker in your spiritual life are you standing next to? 
Remember deeply the words of Psalm 119, 11. It says, I've hidden my, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We've looked at the past. We see the stone that shows where we're at today, that mile marker. But ask yourself the question, where am I going in the future? You know, we're in a world that's filled with uncertainty today. Fear and all these things seem to be surrounding us on all sides. So we need to be reassured. Okay, we're going to go back here to page. All right. I'm going to take off there. As we've looked at the past, as we look at the stone that reminds us where we're at today, we need to look at our lives and see where we are going. On Sunday morning, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> But you got the you got the camera. I can edit it all together. So you're good. Like I said, I'm not used to having back to back. I'm used to. In fact, Wilma's gonna put all of them in clear sheets for me for okay. Sunday, so the rain or wind won't destroy them. We've looked at the stone of the past to see where we started. We look at the stone of today to see where we're at today. But we need to begin to look and see where we plan to be in the future. In today's world, is filled with so much uncertainty. One thing for sure, God wants to be at the center of it. He wants to be in the middle of your life. For these Old Testament people in the book of Joshua, it was God's plan for His people to live in the land and enjoy its blessings. And that's what God wants for you and I too. Not necessarily financial blessings or things like that, but He wants us to know the blessings of having Him in our lives and developing a vibrant faith that not only affects how we live, but how we treat others, how we're perceived in the world, and how we can use our faith to benefit others. We can enjoy the blessings of today, but the truth of this world is all of us have to look beyond this world. Jesus talks about that when He says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that where I am going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus went on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In the last few months of my mother's life, she would talk about, I want to go home. And home wasn't 912 South Levitt Street. Home was heaven. As much as this world is a wonderful creation of God, 
even with all of its troubles, it's often hard for us to look beyond the moment and see into eternity. But maybe you're in a position in life where My mother anticipated that moment with hope. And those of us who are Christians love this world, but still we have a hope of heaven, a hope of eternity with Jesus Christ. But sometimes we get off course. A few years ago, I went to the Everglades in South Florida to a friend to his cabin. It's 17 miles off the road in the middle of nowhere in Big Cypress National Wildlife Refuge. Big Cypress is the size of Vigo, Clay, and Putman counties put together. It's gigantic. And as we were making our way in, it was a dry season, so the paths that the swamp buggies had made weren't visible. And Jerry says, we're going to take off this way toward the cabin. And the third time he passed somebody's birthday balloon, hanging on a little pine tree. I said, Jerry, we've been by here three times. I think it's time we changed our direction. Maybe that's where you're at today. You've been going around in circles, not accomplishing anything for your life, being beat up by the world, being wandering around. It's time to change directions and follow Christ. Maybe the Spirit is guiding you to follow Him. You see, when we preach, when we teach, when we worship together, it's an opportunity for us to lift up Christ so people can find direction in their life. If you're wandering around in a crazy world, maybe you just need something to point you there. Terry Redland, the famous outdoor artist, kind of like the Thomas Kincaid of the outdoor world. If you ever look at one of his pictures, and it has a pickup truck there, you'll see a long cane fishing pole with a red bandana tied way up high. And the story behind that bandana might be your story. His father once wandered off into the reeds and rushes of North Dakota to hunt. And he got far away from his truck and the reeds were up above his head. And he hunted for hours to find his truck. And so every time he hunted after that moment, he would take that long 16 foot or so cane pole, tie a red handkerchief to it and stick it in the side of his pickup bed so that when they got out in the middle of the wilderness, they would have something to guide them home. Maybe you're wandering around in a crazy world. Today we lift Christ up so that you can see Him and have hope and have help and have encouragement. Where's your journey taking you? Hopefully you're still not stuck in the past. Hopefully you're enjoying the blessings of today and hopefully you have the hope of the future.
with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Let's pray together. Father, it's my prayer today that if someone hears your voice, they would answer yes. That your word and your spirit and your church can give them a foundation upon which to build their life. That if they're overcome with fear, that fear can be replaced with hope that you're still in control. We just ask your word and your spirit to deal with people's hearts and lives this very day as we pray it in the name of Christ. Amen. Yes, you ever see a Terry Redland? They're usually duck hunting pictures.